Yeah. Now I say, yo, it's so very easy. But in, in the early 80s, when I was working on, uh, sometimes it was not so easy. Welcome to IWC Podcasts. In our new series, It's Complicated, a cultural history of complications. I'm Roshanda Tramble, and this is where we look at not only the technical innovations related to the complications you know and love, like IWC's perpetual calendar, but what was going on during those innovations? What were the stories you may not have heard? And we've invited some people from IWC here to tell you those stories. But we're not just focusing on the past. We're looking at the future of complications and watchmaking as well. In this episode, we have master watchmaker Kurt Klaus, who's a very important part of IWC's history with his innovation of the perpetual calendar, and Robin Gilbert, who apprenticed at IWC from 2005 to 2009, and he's now a watchmaker here. We'll be speaking with both about their paths, the mechanical watchmaking world, and the changes, and of course, the perpetual calendar. First off, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming here. We have Kurt Klaus, and we also have Robin Gilbert. Could you give us just a short introduction of who you are and your relationship to IWC? Mr. Klaus, we'll let you go first. A short (laughs) introduction, (laughs) yes, because (laughs) it is a long time. I I went uh, in watchmaking school in uh, Solothurn, West part of Switzerland. I went there. I started in 1951 and had got uh, uh, the diploma in 1955. And so I was a young watchmaker. I, uh, yeah, I thought, yeah, I'm now some someone. Uh, until I learned later a lot more. And uh, so I came, I started 1957 in January in IWC as a young watchmaker. Uh, This is, uh, uh, so the history of now, almost uh, 63 years, I'm in IWC. I started as watchmaker in the repair department. Then uh, our technical director, Albert Peloton, a very important person in uh, in the watchmaking industry, uh, I got his assistant because Albert Peloton was not only technical director, he was an uh, inventor, he was developing new movements, and I, had, uh, I was lucky uh, to, to be his assistant to do it. After then, he passed, I was alone, and so, with all these experiences I made with him, I started to make my own developments for IWC. Then the big day was then in April 1985 
when the first IWC perpetual calendar was on the market. This was, someone say, it was a big changing mm -hmm. in watch industry and the new a new start of the uh, mechanical watch and uh, this perpetual calendar was then a very big success and until now it is always uh, one hour of our most important uh, products. Mm -hmm. And so you you have this very long history with IWC and of course with the perpetual calendar and we're going to get into that a little bit later. So we go from the long history to maybe not as long a history with Robin here who is also a guest here in the studio. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship to IWC? Sure, yeah. So my name is Robin Gilbert. I'm 31. I went to watchmaking school in Grenchen and I finished my apprenticeship in 2009, then came to the um, department of the Calibre 51 at IWC, which was the uh, the first, actually the first fully in-house um, pr um, produced Calibre with a seven-day power reserve. So I worked there for seven years, regulating the movements and assembling them. And now I'm currently working in the uh, department of the Caliber Rock, which is the new in-house chronograph. So we have, as we said, we have two two sides of IWC. You've been there for 63 years, Mr. Klaus and Robin. You've been there for yeah. a little Fif bit. 15 years. 15 almost, years. Yeah. Okay. In terms of your your principles of watchmaking, the basic principles of mechanical watchmaking. What has been your experience? Mr. Klaus, how, how would you term the basic principles? I was always in my young years interested on some micromechanic, small mechanisms. And so uh, a watch movement is uh, one possibility of of uh, of this uh, micromechanics and so i i choose i thought oh i i would like to do this and uh, so i learned it and now or more than 60 years later i see the watchmaking in principle is still the same uh Sometimes when I, I walk in our, in our uh, manufacture, I see the young watchmakers doing some uh, assemblage, assembly of, of the, the movements. And I say, oh, it's almost the same as I did mm -hmm. 60 years ago in IWC. Yeah, of course. Now the the watchmakers have uh, uh, new modern tools, uh, like for instance an electric screwdriver. Also, but it is the same to <laughs> screw in the screw by hand or by an electric screwdriver. This is a chain in watchmaking. Uh, what means watchmaking or? or what making industry, what changed completely is the production of the parts of a mechanical watch. This was the biggest changing. 
I remember always 60 years ago, we produced in IWC the parts of the watch movements with help of automatic machines, really automatic, but of course, uh, automatic uh, by a mechanical uh, system. And this mechanical system was later changed by electronic systems. And this is a big change, but uh, we produce parts, watchmakers assemble it, uh, uh, and it is the same, we could say, <laughs> a few hundred years ago uh, uh, was, was the watchmaking this. First, we need parts for, for a, a, a watch movement, and then it has to be assembled uh, to make some uh, a movement. So, Robin, is it that simple yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah, that's it, basically. It's uh, it's basically uh, a craftsmanship that has never changed for, for like 100 years. And we at, at school, we learn all the, uh, the traditional ways of producing pieces and, and hand manufacturing pieces. So uh, the difference is you, uh, after three years you can you can um, you decide whether you go, go to um, you do watchmaking in the industry or you go uh, watchmaking rabieur. The rabieur is more the watchmaker that um, produces parts by hand who has to repair really old watches and has to reproduce sometimes even parts that are completely missing. So that's a bit the difference, but. Um, yeah, we during my apprenticeship we we basically learned learned uh, to do it the way the, the people used to do it 50 60 years ago with um only the changes that we had a bit more modern lathe lace turning lace or um computer controlled milling machines but that that's basically the only change we had. But Robin, you were in this um very we can say old industry and and you know you learn things by hand why did you choose watchmaking why not banking or <laughs> finance or why watchmaking yeah <laughs> good question that's I, i've asked myself that question a lot oh. it's for, for me it's basically the same as with with quotes i was always very interested in in micro mechanics and in mechanical stuff so uh, as a kid i always I, I always wanted to know how things look and work inside so i started to take everything apart i was laying around the house much to the joy of my parents <laughs> i was <laughs> going to ask what did your folks think about that <laughs> yeah because uh, most of the time i didn't get it back together and working again <laughs> <laughs> but one, one of the things i had was uh, an old macklin uh, model train from the something early 70s that uh, i got from my my grandfather and I used to repair the the, the locomotives and uh, you know work on on the on the electrical system. So I was always very interested in that, and so it was it was actually the the logical way to to become a watchmaker. Has your view of watchmaking changed any since the time when you started until now? No, not so much. No, as as uh, Kurt pointed out, the the only things that have really changed are that we have a little more modern tools. We have, for example, we have electric screw drivers to um, give the, the correct torque on every screw that you would um, have done by hand in the early days. 
but uh, it's more or less the same. It's a very, very traditional craftsmanship. That's the nice thing about it. The basics of watchmaking haven't changed. Uh, it's just that, you know, instead of doing things by hand, they have machines now. But in terms of the curriculum, did that change any because of the quartz crisis? Was there an effect on what you were taught or maybe, Mr. Klaus, what you, you know, heard that people were learning? Did that have an effect? The problem during the watch crisis was we have our own watchmaker school in IWC. But in this time, it was very uh, difficult to find young people to learn watchmaker. Why should I learn watchmaker? Because uh, uh, mechanical watches are, are, are out. And uh, this was then a problem uh, in the 1980s when by uh, the complications, the mechanical watches uh, got came back in IWC to find qualified watchmakers. This was uh, a, a real problem during some time. So it wasn't the it wasn't that the curriculum had to change. You had to find people to even who, who even wanted to become watchmakers. That was the issue. Yeah, uh, people didn't want. Uh, I, I'm not crazy. I, I don't learn watchmaker. <laughs> and, but but today, in our watchmaking school, there are young people uh, coming uh, to IWC for a few days, for a week, to try what is watchmaking, uh, to 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 feel in in the fingertips. Can I do this? And. Our teachers in the watchmaking school, they have a, a good eye. They can say, oh, this one, this one has not the real, uh, the real hands uh, to learn watchmaker. Oh, this one could be a very good watchmaker. And uh, uh, for this and today, we have uh, in our watchmaking school, we have a, around how many? Uh, 20? Or four per year, so 16 to 20 16, pupils. Yeah, 16 to 20 pupils are interested, and uh, they have, I think, they have a good future. Okay, they have the stamp of approval from you. Yeah, okay, and Robin. So, in contrast, um, I can probably I can perhaps say when I started out in, in 2005 and I applied for this uh, apprenticeship, they had. 250 appliances per year, and they took four. Are you born a watchmaker, or can you become a watchmaker? Hmm. I think I was born as a watchmaker. And uh, this feeling uh, in, in the hands I have uh, now uh, with, with my uh, just 85 years now, I'm old, and I have exactly the same feeling. I'm just able uh, to use uh, a screwdriver and to, to set parts in the movement. Uh, and this is, uh, I, I think, someone has this feeling or has not. If it, it has not this feeling, 
he never will be a watchmaker. So either you have it or you don't. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. You've just broken the hearts of probably <laughs> so many people. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, so the, there's, it's just you, there's something special that a person has. Yeah, you need to have to have this feeling for the mechanism, you know, and, and the mechanism is, it has a soul and it somehow it lives and you have to feel that. And if you can't feel that and, and feel, for example, if you, if you work on a hairspring, which is the spring that moves the balance back and forth, which is basically the heart of the movement. This is a spring made of metal that has the thickness of about uh, a human hair. And you have to be able to handle that with, with tweezers. So the slightest wrong movement and this part breaks. You have to be able to feel that. Let's get to the nitty gritty of what we're talking about. The perpetual calendar. During a few years in the 1970s, I was starting to make some complications uh, for pocket watches. Interesting pieces. And there was a, a, a nice success but uh, one day, the f finance director came to me and said, I can no more sell pocket watches. Now, you have to change from pocket watches. You make some new wristwatch with the same uh, complications. And then for me, there was a moment I thought, yeah, this is the moment I, I start something new. It should be a perpetual calendar. Uh, perpetual calendars uh, was not new. Uh, made uh, 100 years ago. And in this time, in the 70s, 80s, uh, was produced by other brands, even in, in wristwatches. And so there was the questions now, what, what I have to do? Uh, now, IWC come again with a, with a perpetual calendar. And I thought it must be something completely different. And in this time, I had not too much possibilities uh, to develop uh, something. It was absolutely not possible to, for me to develop a complete watch movement, movement with a perpetual calendar. So and this was the basic idea to separate, to use a basic movement and to develop a calendar, a perpetual calendar system and put both together. This is still today, uh, this uh, philosophy of IWC, this system, we call it systems engineering, whatever this means. Uh, today, we always use basic me uh, mechanisms, basic movements, and put they together in, in some system. Uh, this was the first idea to use uh, existing 
uh, wristwatch movement. And uh, so in this time, we got a new CEO in IWC, Günther Brümlein, a very, very important man in the watch making industry. And he told me, yes, this is a good idea, but use our chronograph movement because never on the market is a wristwatch in the combination chronograph and perpetual calendar. So I developed this calendar onto this, uh, uh, this chronograph movement uh, the, uh, we used there, for instance, in the Porsche design chronographs. Mm -hmm. And so this was a, a real a basic idea to make only a perpetual uh, calendar system. And then what is for me uh, the, the most important, it is uh, uh, the combination of make it easy for the customer and make it easy for the production. My idea was not to make some uh, very high classic uh, mechanical perpetual calendar. I had the idea to make a calendar which is can be produced in an industrial way. A real uh, industrial production of the perpetual calendar. And I think this was the basic innovation. Mm -hmm. This was the new thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing came about was then the easy uh, using for the uh, customers right. to only turn the crown and the whole calendar system moves together. So uh, the user has only to turn the crown in middle position uh, until the day tent is on the correct position. Mm -hmm. Weekday, morn, moon phase, all is correct. And this was say, But this it was... Uh, not what I really wanted as first. First, I wanted to make it easy for me to produce. I used the chronograph moment. And in this chronograph moment, we have the rapid correction of the date. And this uh, mechanism of rapid correction I used to, uh, to set the perpetual calendar. So these are uh, uh, many things, uh, easy to use, industrial production, and what make this industrial production, it was a complete different price for the market. Okay. So, and uh, uh, to sell a perpetual calendar chronograph, with the best indications, the only one, the first one, which indicates the year mm -hmm. in all the four digits, the year, the best 
but for a very bigger price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this all together makes a big success. I'm sitting here and I'm watching you describe all of this and all of what you've done. You're like, yeah, I did this and I did this. And I, pardon me for saying this, but was it really that easy? You One thing happened, then the next thing fell into place. And then in a, you, and you did all of this by hand, correct? All yeah. the calculations. I, do you realize how amazing this sounds? Yeah. Uh, now, uh, now I say, oh, it's so very easy. But uh, uh, in, in the early 80s, when I was working on, uh, sometimes it was not so easy to find uh, the, the mechanism to, uh, to, to make uh, the correct parts. And uh, uh, I had to work hard during more than four years. And during this four-year time when you were developing this, what was going on around you? What was your support system? You were Because you were doing something really important. Did you have, uh, I don't know, people in the company cheerleading you? Or were you left alone? Did you go down in the basement of your, your home? or What was the atmosphere of this? Yeah, I was... I was so uh, on my line, I must do it. I, I, I thought about how can I realize it. And uh, what was uh, very difficult in this time, uh, IWC was not well equipped with, uh, for, for, for complicated parts for complicated mechanisms. So I, I had to, to do everything alone. I had to have the ideas. I made the designs on the drawing board. I didn't know in this time what is a computer with mine. Uh, my, uh, uh, my computer was uh, the tabels. I learned it in the 1950s in school. And I thought, oh, for what, for, uh, what can I do with this? But then when I, I, I was setting the positions of the calendar, I had to calculate on thousands of millimeters without uh, some computer system. And these uh, logarithmic tables helped me and uh, and and then in in school I I learned uh, the trigonometric functions. What for? Oh, so trigonometric functions. Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, I had to do it in school. <laughs> yeah. But for the calendar, I knew. I I I had uh, many calculations, trigonometric uh, uh, calculations in the head. I didn't use the tabels. I, I, I had it on the head, the trigonometric functions. And this was uh, the, the most interesting thing. Today, with uh, the computer system, mm -hmm. I changed very early. In 85, we presented the first perpetual calendar, the Da Vinci. And then three years later in 88, 
I got my first computer. I heard, oh, there is some computer system. We call it, uh, we call it uh, CAD. What is this? I asked, oh, I must have it. And I got it. I got my first computer, uh, so big, like, like, like a big table, so big computer. And I changed inside, in, uh, within one week, from the drawing board to this computer. Robin, what is it like for you? You're sitting here and you're listening to this mm -hmm. history. I see your eyes are just like, wow, what is it like yeah, for you? I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's such a, it's just a joy to, to listen to, to him, how he developed all this and, and with this limited uh, resources, because nowadays we have everything. We have, we have all the resources of the world, but we, we somehow, you know, we most of the time never really use them. And, and back in the days when, when, you know, it was a difficult time and, resources were limited you know people came up with these wonderful inventions and it's just such it's such a joy <laughs> have you ever worked with the uh, uh perpetual calendar before yeah i actually have yeah yeah what but was it like it's a long time ago <laughs> but what was it like for you when you first started digging into that complication so it it was actually in the in the fourth year of the apprenticeship uh, you could when you were ahead of schedule you were uh, able to work on the perpetual calendar and at first I thought, oh my God, I will never get this. I mean, it's so complicated and, and ah, Jesus, but okay, let's, let's give it a shot. And, um, f first we got the, um, the paperwork with the, all the, um, the instructions and the, um, the theory behind it. And we had to learn this and study this first before we could actually lay our hands on, on the actual movement. And so I started digging in and then suddenly I realized, Hey, this isn't that complicated at all. I mean, it, once you get it, it's, and this is the astonishing thing about his invention, how simple it is not just to use, but for the watchmaker, how simple the module works with so little parts. I thought there were like 100,000 parts crammed in there. And then in the end, it was, it was actually, it took a day and I got it. <laughs> so. And that that's that that's that was ama that's what amazed me so much the simplicity behind that that invention. Is there a question that you would like to ask Mr. Klaus that you've always wanted to know? You have a chance right now to do it. What would you like to ask? What would I like to ask? What would I like to have known when I was a, an apprentice? How where did you find all the time for all this? that you did in your in your in your life where did you get the time from or how did you <laughs> 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 because it seems yeah. such it's it's yeah. such a huge invention it's such a huge thing that you that you did back in in, in, in the time yeah uh, one part of the time uh, was the eight hours in the manufacture, in my office, I was. But uh, I needed a little bit more uh, to, to have the, uh, the correct ideas, 
to find sometimes the way how uh, how can I do it? What is the solution? And uh, I found the time very often. Uh, and this is a, a, another story uh, with my dogs, sighthounds, whippets, running dogs, to run on the the racing, on the racing spot. I had these whippets and I trained them. Uh, for instance, morning at six, I was going with my my four dogs. They was running, I was walking, and I thought, uh, oh, yeah, 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 how could I do this uh, uh, thing? How should it work? And uh, sometimes it's, oh, we are my dogs. <laughs> I thought it. I, but uh, this was my time. And last question for you, Mr. Klaus, and this is to Robin. If there is one piece of advice that you could give Robin as a watchmaker, what would that be? The one thing he should re remember in his watchmaking career? One? Yeah. What, what should I say? Of course, what we need absolutely to be successful is the fascination of uh, of the uh, the watches, not only to do my task, uh, but to really have a fascination, uh, to to think, yeah, this is a wonderful thing. These mechanisms, uh, uh, yeah, it is not only the perpetual calendar. It is uh, uh, the other method. For me, a fascination is a, a tourbillon mechanism, uh, for instance, or it is a, a mini repeater mechanism. Uh, it must be. It is important to want to do much more, not only the task. Robin Gilbert, Kurt Klaus, thank you both very much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the IWC podcast series, It's Complicated, A Cultural History of Complications. And thanks again to Kurt Klaus and Robin Gilbert for sharing not just their stories, but their passion for mechanical watchmaking. And that passion continues with our next episode. Hannes Pantley, board member and former executive vice president of IWC, will share stories of his time at the company, including his involvement with two of the most complicated watches IWC has produced, and also the quartz crisis. We hope you join us, and until then, take care. Mm -hmm.